Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcasts, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Opus Well Style Podcast. My name is Yvonne Watanabe. Uh, here with my great partner, Evan Wall. Evan, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing great. You're looking pretty fresh with those uh, new Opus polos. I appreciate it, man. Just uh, just, just in from Rhone. So we're, we're very excited. On with us today, again, visiting us, Rob Karp, founder and CEO of Miles Ahead. What's going on, Rob? How are you? Doing great. It's 88 degrees and sunny today. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it, it, we're excited to have you back on. I think the last time we had a conversation was mid-COVID, so... Um, obviously things have changed in the travel space. So we're excited to learn a little bit more about that. And, uh, Henry camp, nice to meet you, uh, leading the air sales and operations team for miles ahead. So we're, we're very excited to have you on Henry. Well, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, you know, basically I, I think we just kick it off with what are the major changes that you guys have experienced, you know, in your business, um, since the last time we spoke again, the world has evolved significantly since, you know, we had this conversation say two, two plus years ago. Um, but specifically travel wise, you know, what are, what are the major changes that you're seeing out there today? Yeah, I think we were talking about this before. It's been, I think almost two years really since we were, we were on the podcast last and to think about what's happened the past two years. Um, I think to start is the demand and people's like desire to travel has not slowed down. We were wondering what was going to happen end of last year, beginning of this year, having a banking crisis, talks of a recession, and and we have not seen that yet have an impact on on people's decisions. At least the the market of clients that we're working with. And when um, did you when did you see it start ramping up? And it's just like it's just been a steady ramp ever since. Is that is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, since March of 2021, which is really when people started getting vaccinated, they had this like boost in confidence to just go, right? And what's been interesting to see is the last group of people to start traveling tends to be this elderly group, mm -hmm. and they have started to go. And once these people go once and they get over that fear, I mean, it's just funny, but there's one couple we're working with, they're in their late 80s and they travel once a month now. Yeah. Good it, for them. It's kind Love of, that. It, it's inspirational to say. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, and are there, are there any places these days where you feel like are the hot spots where you're just constantly booking travel for this particular location? Is it regionally? Is it more about how many people are vaccinated in that area? Because for the most part, there's not a ton of restrictions these days, right? So, you know, wh what are you seeing the decision-making process for people as they travel? Yeah, it's a great question because for the most part, restrictions are gone at this point. 
you know, it's kind of been phases. So first it was, where can I go? Then it was, I want to go relax. You know, I want to go to a beach. Maybe I'll go to a city like London or Paris that I've been before. I want to rediscover it. Now what we're seeing is that people want to adventure. And I think it's actually a good point for Henry to touch on is sort of what we've been seeing lately happening in Asia, because Asia has been sort of the last part of the world to fully reopen. I mean, Asia is last year's Europe, I would say. It's it's just, you see the boom, you see the demand, the uh, the inflated prices as a result too. I mean, we're seeing 20 plus K airfares round trip. To really? Interesting. Insanity. I mean, it's good for us at the end of the day, but uh, but you know, it's it's still it's it's hard to justify that cost. But people are willing to do it just because it's so in demand and it was it was shut off for so long. Uh, it, it really is mirroring what we saw, you know, France to Italy last summer. Got it. And any particular parts of Asia or just Asia Asia as a whole? Japan, definitely Japan. Everyone <laughs> wants to go to Japan. Everyone and their mother wants to go to Japan right now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tokyo's big, just seeing the whole the whole country is huge right now. But even so, you know, slowly we're seeing people going to, uh, you know, to Bali, to to Hong Kong a little more slowly and slowly. That's coming back as well. But Japan, there's a surge right now. Interesting. And just metropolitan areas, places where people have been dying to go for forever and just put it on their bucket list. And now they're they're willing to spend whatever it takes to get there. Is that sort of what you're seeing? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you take Japan, people like to go in March and April, particularly to see the cherry blossoms. Like that's sort of a famous thing to do. Irony is you go to Central Park right now, you're going to get some very pretty cherry blossoms as well. It doesn't require a 13-hour journey. But people are, I think they're fixated on experiences that they wanted to have for a long time. And they're in this mode of let's just do it. And if they have the financial resources, it's kind of like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. Like, it's just a repeating cycle. We have also seen there were people who came out of COVID that were like, I really want to do this because the price of travel is so expensive right now. It was really impacted by inflation, plus the fact that people weren't traveling the way they were for a couple of years. They're like, all right, maybe we need to not go at it as hard this time and, and kind of slow the pace down. But um, overall, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing demand remain strong, particularly internationally. It's yeah. interesting as it relates to, uh, you know, the Fed fighting inflation. I think uh, they're going to continue to have a hard time because people, uh, you know, individual households are relatively financially strong and, and they had a desire to spend money and go, go do some, go do things. Yeah. And I think a conversation that we have both on the air side of our business and the hotel side is just because a price is being charged and people are paying doesn't mean the value is corresponding to it. Right. So that $20,000 business class ticket to Australia might have been $7,000 before the pandemic. You might actually sit in the same seat, but because the airlines laid off a bunch of flight attendants, the service, you might be getting someone green on board, that experience might be different. Or you might go to a hotel where they're charging $2,000 for night for a room, but two years ago, it was $1,200 a night. How much does the experience really change? So it's, it's a conversation that we've started to have with people to do our best to manage their expectations. 
And I think that's where you, you, you all are so valuable for something like that, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they want to go someplace. Maybe it's not necessarily specific to a location. They just want to have either a relaxing time or they want to go someplace relatively close. So they have the ability to give you their general criteria. And you all can say, hey, listen, you go here may cost you X, but the experience may not be as great. But have you considered why, right? Have you considered this other location? And you know, you're going to get a ton of value over here. And I think that's why in general, your, your service is so valuable. I, I think it sort of makes the job fun too. Like we had someone who came in recently and said to Henry, like, I want to get from New York to London in the most comfortable way. Like that's such an open-ended question. But then for instance, like you can talk about this, Henry, like how you take that open-ended question and then turn it into like, specific recommendation i mean yeah it's just people have their preferences you get to know who these people are as a person you know i can tell you right now british airways first class for example it's it's first class or american first class let's focus on that american first class is technically three cabin first class but i mean it's it's pretty terrible compared to to what other airlines are offering if i have a client deciding between that or virgin atlantic's new business class, they could probably save some money with Virgin. And it's so much more fun. You know, you have the bar on the plane. That's always a good time. And um, I mean, we'll guide people that way for sure. I mean, it's just, it's better value. It's more fun. And, you know, people get thrown off by those labels first in business, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read who you are and we'll send you in the right direction. Yeah. And the problem is you don't find out until it's too late. Like you buy the ticket at having an expectation of what first class is going to be like. And then you jump on a plane, especially if it's a new airline that you haven't been on, or maybe they just have a new fleet of planes and you have no idea. Right. So you get on this airline thinking it's first class and you upgrade the tickets and it's underwhelming. Right. And as you said, if you didn't know the other airlines or the other options, specifically if it's cheaper, you know, most people think, more expensive, better experience, but that's not necessarily the case, right? So, you know, I think that's why you guys come into in, into play like in a big way. You know, you know, here and there, I'll explain that to a client. I'll say it's cheaper, but still better, and they don't they don't always listen. You know, they're like that says first class, I want that first class, and mm -hmm. then and then we do get to have that I told you so moment afterwards. And you know, I I love all my clients, but. But those I told you so's, they they just kind of show what we're doing here. You know, that's when we really show our worth. Yeah. And I mean, even so far as to be like, hey, you sit on the, in this cat, your first class here, make sure you don't sit in these seats, right? Like those types of things, again, just you don't know if you're not in the business, right? You, you could say, okay, listen, business class, you want to make sure that you get these two seats because those two seats are behind X, Y, and Z. And you guys know that kind of stuff. And, and the rest of us, you know, have, have no clue. And again, we find out when it's too late. I would say the crazy thing about flights is to many people, it's very accessible, right? You can go on an airline website, Google Flights, Expedia, anyone can book a flight. I think what we've started to embrace is there's so much more to just booking a flight, right? There's the thought behind it, what makes sense time-wise, product-wise, what happens when your schedule changes, what if you have a connection. And these components tend to stress people out. We like get excited about them, <laughs> you know? So it's like, how do you flip it upside down? And, and, and I think that's what has allowed us to also make it an enjoyable, uh, you know, sort of piece of business.
What are some hidden gem locations that uh, you're talking to people about that maybe they didn't didn't think about beforehand? Yeah, I just spent some time in uh, in Uruguay, uh, down in down in South America. It's been mm-hmm. written up a couple times as sort of the Hamptons of South America, but mm-hmm. that's a nice place we've been sending people. If you go to Morocco, you can actually go to the Sahara Desert and rent your own like tented camps for the night. It's kind of cool. So you could sleep in the sand. Cool. Sounds um, miserable which... to me, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> is there air conditioning in the same in this tent? <laughs> that's not. That's you know, not it, for me. That's not for me. It's uh. See, that's the thing. It, it, not everything is for everyone. Um, and we have every year a couple uh, times a year we'll send people on these sort of epic safaris where they can go sleep in the stars and be a couple feet away from rhinos and and that's always a yeah a fun time yeah that sounds wild Yvonne you ever go on a safari no I've never been it's uh it's definitely on the list there's a couple of other spots I gotta hit up first but yeah it's definitely it's definitely on the list for sure well especially if you're taking kids you gotta wait till they're a certain age right oh like yeah yeah that's that's a whole nother added challenge we've got a 15 month old and we're flying to when we were looking at flights flying to different places and there's 0% chance I'm keeping her on my lap, like 0.0% chance I'm flying internationally with her on my lap. Mm-hmm. That would never happen. Miserable experience for me, for her and the guy sitting next to me. Right. So any, any good tips guys for, uh, for flying with kids? Well, United has bassinets and business class, international business class. And that's big. We just had a big thing where you'd explore all the airlines. United's like the number one, EV airline we're seeing right now when it comes to long haul interesting international business class it's funny it's i mean it's you're just kind of throwing your baby in a box for the flight but hey <laughs> yeah, i'm sure it's nicer than that <laughs> uh, that's united's tagline right yeah. <laughs> throw your baby in a box. Uh, i like so, united though they've, they've come a long way yeah. but no, i would always just say um bassinets are great they're free and you can uh it's oh, just, you so you're not buying a stuff. business class ticket for your kid I mean, you're just paying the taxes. So like if you have like a $3,000 business class ticket, you're probably paying about $300 of it for the wow. kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can do the same economy too. Interesting. Yeah, because we had been contemplating going to Japan. United, I know, has a direct flight. Typically, I've flown Japan Airlines, which I feel like had been a good experience in the past. I don't know how it is these days, but... You know, if you're if you're going to Japan, where are you guys recommending folks fly? What, what airlines are you typically seeing people fly these days? Well, we've been doing a lot of Japan Airlines just because you know we have some LA-based clients, and they're actually the only ones, shockingly, who fly a first-class cabin from LA to Haneda. I mean, Singapore also does Narita to LA, but that's very far outside of the city. Yep. But right now, I think All Nippon Airways, I mean, that's one of the best airlines in the world. ANA, they call it. Five stars from Skytrax. They just released a new first and business class product called the Suite and First and the Room in Business. And I mean, I've, I've never personally been on it, but just reading reviews, looking at the photos. I mean, their business class looks like first class on half the other carriers. Again, I I want to say no offense to British Airways. A little bit of offense to British Airways. I would much rather fly ANA business anywhere in the world and that new business class than British Airways first. And that's a great product. Yeah. And in terms of like hotels these days, are there any chains that you're finding like are really stepping up their game, have reinvented themselves across, you know, from since since COVID 
um, any places where you feel like there's a really good opportunity to find a deal? You know, what's interesting is um, a lot of our business has shifted to sort of independent hotels purely because it can give you more of an authentic experience in the destination you go to. That being said, we have we had pre-pandemic and continue to have really positive experiences with Rosewood. We find that Rosewood does a nice job of having consistent service experience and their whole um, their whole philosophy is sense of place. So being able to mix like a luxurious experience while still feeling like you're actually in the destination that you're visiting. So we've been happy with them. It's hard to find deals these days. What I will say is the domestic markets that blew up first, the first places that people would travel are now the ones that are receding in, in demands. So you may, you may find opportunities there. Can you give there me an was, example? Uh, yeah, like in Big Sky, for instance, there was a new hotel, the Montage, that opened. And I think initially they were pricing their rooms at a couple thousand dollars a night over a really busy time of year. That came down 50%. Um, even places like Big Sky and Jackson Hole and Aspen and Vail, they will remain pricey, but they're not necessarily as pricey as they used to be or other places to go the same time of year. You know, as we sort of wrap up, guys, you know, are there any other things that you think the listening audience should really kind of take away from the conversation? Anything in particular that they should be looking out for? This might be more of a Henry thing, but there are a couple small things you can do for a, a relatively minimal cost that can make your airport experience so much better. If you want to talk about that, Henry, like uh I mean, I'm a big fan, you know, definitely always get a TSA pre-check. Half of a half of like credit cards these days, like Amex Platinum, uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve will actually cover that uh, for you. And it really does make the difference whizzing through the airport. Don't take off your shoes, which is really helpful. Also, always get if you can, if you can get an appointment, which is tough these days, get global entry, which actually comes with free TSA pre-check. So it's really worth it. Uh, and that gets you through customs quicker. Clear, we're really loving these days. I don't know if you know Clear. It's just a service that cuts you in front of the line. I hate waiting in line, so always use Clear. Also helps uh, in certain stadiums, which we love, so that's a great deal. My advice, if you're flying, I mean, one, get good at using miles. Check out there's some services now you can use for that, too. But uh, just because we are seeing those inflated fares here and there, you can find some good mileage deals. And two, Always check the seat map. You know, we were talking earlier about how, uh, you know, we know things about where you want to sit on a plane. I'm not going to say you'll understand the seat map quite like we do, but uh, it's a good start. It's a good start. And that really can make or break a flight depending on your seat. And and for for those that contact you guys, are you, are you able to work with somebody's existing miles or, you know, are you, are you able to use that in terms of their overall planning or is it simply um, outside of the miles purchased? Like how, how can they work with you? Uh, I mean, we do use miles for, uh, for some existing clients. Generally speaking, we are more in the uh, just the cash ticket world, but on occasion, you know, if, if it makes sense, uh, it's not the focus of our services, but if it's something that, you know, uh, you're already have an existing trip with us and you just need some help and you want to use miles, that's possible. We would never do just a mileage booking, but we would, we would help someone if they had a full on trip elsewhere. Awesome. 
And um, where can the listening audience, you know, contact you when they're when they're trying to book their travel plans? You know, what's the best way to reach out to you guys to to use Miles Ahead to to plan their trips? Yeah, I think the the best uh, way for a, a new client to reach out is probably my email, which is uh, Rob at MilesAhead.co. So just dot co. And I think on the last time around this podcast, our business was more focused on helping people use their miles. To Henry's point, it's less of a focus, but we've developed a relationship with another company called Point.me, um, and they specialize just in helping people use their miles. So we we have a referral relationship with them. Great. Great. Well, guys, really, really appreciate the time today. Again, you know, super valuable. And for the listening audience, make sure you use miles ahead when you're planning your next trip. Um, don't make the mistake that I've made in the past. <laughs> so feel free to reach out to them um, and let us know if you need anything else. But again, guys, appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, to you, the listening audience, thank you for joining us. Please click subscribe below so that you can be notified when uh, our next podcast is released. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Rob Karp, Henry Camp, and their firm are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, and opinions stated are their own. Yvonne Watanabe and Evan Wool are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License 0H44206. Evans California Insurance License 0H04936. Compliance Approval 2023-153409 expires March of 2025.